Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Bobrun. Thank you guys for bearing with me and being patient as I am uploading new episodes um, a little late. I'm a couple of weeks late with a new episode, but I have several episodes uh, in the stash, so to speak. I've been working on getting a lot of this content monetized. I'm doing a lot of back-end work. It's, it's interesting that the front-end work, me getting on here and speaking to you guys, is a lot easier than doing the back-end work, figuring out ways to monetize the show, what makes sense, how to um, make sure that my time is being used wisely and turning all of my efforts into some sort of commodity. And this is very, very important. We'll get to that later on. In any case, thank you guys for tuning in. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you've been here before and you've listened to me before, welcome back. We're going to get to the subject at hand. First and foremost, I would like to do some house cleaning. First things first, if you guys have any suggestions, questions, concerns, kudos that you want to give out, you know that you can email me at whoseworldisthis21 at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at whoseworldisthis2021 on Instagram. Uh, also, I'm working on cash apps and Patreons and things of that nature that I'm going to put in, in the uh, the bio and description uh on the on the uh, instagram page <clears throat> i'm working on that as we speak uh second thing second i'd like you guys to check out one that is o-n-e-l-a-v-i.com l-a-v-i that's v as in victor this is a fantastic supplement site it's a supplement site that i actually use i'm not hocking and hucking for products or advertisers. This is an actual site that I use for my supplements. And I reached out to them and let them know what I was doing. And they said, by all means, we'd like to collaborate with you. So I always give them a shout out. Okay. OneLavi.com. Very, very great products. Everything from home, beauty, baby cosmetics, accessories, vitamins, and supplements. I mean, everything for whether it's a, uh, uh, green teas, supplements, B12s, uh, some of the best Manuka honey that you're going to find on the market is over here. I mean, fantastic products, certified organic. Um, uh, it's just a great site. I implore, I encourage you to check it out. It has a great reputation. It has great products. I recommend it. Um, also, I want you guys to check out ChavezHouse.com. That's C-H-A-V-E-S house.com that is the publishing house of lenore batista's uh, uh journals lenore batista's collection of journals uh, her success blueprint that was number one on amazon in april of this year very important uh, books of self-empowerment journals books on how to publish in 90 days i'm actually using that book because i will be releasing a book this year at some point the essential self-publishing publishing success blueprint is lenore batista's step-by-step -step guide to getting it done right the 
how to get your book published. She also has a ton of great journals, uh, the Gratitude Journal, for example. She has a new one called um, I Am Enough. And um, it's a transformational journal, self-affirmations. Definitely something for women and men and everyone to look into. So check out onelavi.com. Check out chavezhouse.com. And enjoy yourself. You know, the things that we promote here are extremely consistent with the subject matters that we broach from time to time. So if you see me or hear me hawking a product, it's a product that I use first and foremost. And second of all, it's something that's consistent with who I am and what we speak about. So um, don't consider it an interruption. Consider it an introduction to something. Okay. Now, if you're uh, you know, uh, a reoccurring listener, someone, a regular, you know that I like to name all of my episodes and, um, I do this quite frequently. And then I just have a sort of stream of consciousness. I, I rarely, if any time, write any notes down or anything like that. I kind of let my mind wander just like we would in a normal conversation. Because I, I, I as I've said before, this show, whose world is this? is about a conversation between you and I, whoever is on the other end of this, whether you're on your phone, whether you're in your car, whether you're at home, it doesn't matter where you are. This is an ongoing conversation between you and I. It may be just me speaking, but this is a dialogue, not a monologue, because oftentimes the things that I'm saying are going to give you pause. And what I mean by pause, I mean you're going to take a moment and say, okay, it's going to resonate with you. And I want it to resonate and I want it to go on like a conversation. I'm going to take pauses in the same way I would if I was on the phone with a good friend of mine. And oftentimes many of my friends have said, many of my friends who listen, they say, I feel like I'm talking to you. This is very important because I don't have a broadcaster's voice. What do I mean by that? People say I sound like a broadcaster, but I don't, I'm not turning on another switch and going action and all of a sudden this sportscaster in the news today voice comes out this is who i am so the people who know me and the people who've known me for years know that this is how i speak this is what i'm about when i'm speaking about subjects that are close to my heart that are that that resonate with me that i that i feel that are important to discuss this is how it sounds in a normal conversation it's not lights camera action this is what it is and so i i i'm hoping uh, that that um i don't want to use the word authenticity but i think it's the only word because it's it's really me this is how i sound when the when the when the uh the, the voice recorder on my laptop is not on <laughs> this is who it is when i'm speaking to my brother or friends or business associates and colleagues you know uh this is what it sounds like and um, today, the name of this particular show is called What is Coming? What's Next for All of Us? Uh, and what, I'm, what do I mean by that? Um, we're halfway through 2021. Um, unless you've been living under a rock... And if you did live under a rock over the last 18 months or whatever, uh, yeah, I would consider you to be quite fortunate. But just in case you haven't been living under a rock, then it's probably been a, a 
quite an eventful, unprecedented time from Feb January or February of last year up until this year. A lot of unique occurrences, a lot of things have occurred in our lives. Do I need to go through it? We'll get through it. I don't need to list it and bullet point it at the moment. But now that I'm now that we're all together here midway through 2021 and it is starkly different than the atmosphere, the, the attitude, uh, the energy that was in the air this time last year. But at the same time, I'm looking around and I'm speaking to various people and I'm reading various articles from publications that, that have some sort of value to me. And um, people aren't really happy. They're encouraged by a lot of the things that are going on. We see businesses opening back up. Um, less masks out there in the world. You know, we're able to move freer than before. Um, but what I'm not getting is a sense of enthusiasm that I would necessarily associate, that I would associate with the summertime. You know, the weather is awesome in many parts of the country, especially where I am right now. The weather is beautiful. The sky is blue. The weather is over 88 degrees, which is perfect for me. But what I'm not getting is a sense of happiness. So what's coming? I still feel as if people are out there waiting for some other shoe to drop as if that there's something looming. There's an energy in the air and I, and I haven't, and I haven't um, heard it articulated the way I am. It's just, I'm reading between the lines of a lot of the articles, a lot of the people I'm speaking to. I'm saying no one seems in truly enthusiastic in bunches I'm enthusiastic about what's coming next I noticed that my fiance is but when I speak to other people it's I hear a lot of measured enthusiasm or, or there's there's a there's a significant amount of caution like uh, I don't know June you know I'm gonna try this thing and we'll, we'll see what happens and these are the same people that I used to go to and trade energies with because they were so they were so filled with enthusiasm and filled with optimism and things of that nature that we would always trade energies. I would give them some energy. They'd give me some in return. It was always a it was fair exchange. And now I'm noticing I'm, you know, saying, hey, you know, this is what's going on. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And they're like, June, that's great. I'm like, so what's going on with you? And, they, and they're saying, yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting this new venture or I'm doing this and I moved here and we'll see what happens. And um, I'm noticing that that's happening a lot. Now I want to ask you guys, what do you think is coming? What, what do you think is next? Look at what we've been through. We've been through a new election. We have a new president, a new vice president, a new political party. There's a different political party that's in office now than it was previous for the last four years. We have uh, people that have been vaccinated I think we have, what, over 50% vaccinated in America, maybe maybe a little less, I don't know. Certain places have 70% vaccination, COVID vaccines. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but regardless of that, uh, 
that's been spurring a lot of the mass openings that have been going on is this uh, mass vaccination protocol. Uh, I, I don't want to. It's funny. Accidentally, that's MVP. But anyway, yeah, mass vaccinate vaccination protocol. And so our, our country, our state, our region, our neighborhoods are opening back up means business, it means commerce, it means opportunities for people to go out and make money, you know, so they can buy food and pay their rent. But what also is coming June 30th in many places, I think uh, seven days from today, because I'm actually recording this June 23rd, 2021, seven days from today. I think the moratorium is going to be lifted on evictions, right? What happens then? What's coming? What happens when the moratorium, if anyone wants to know what a moratorium is, it was a pause. You know, people were not getting evicted in mass because because of the covid uh, shutdowns. So people that lost their jobs due to covid people who uh, were uh, furloughed or were laid off temporarily or had their jobs downgraded from full time to part time and things of that nature. Uh, now, you know, so there was a prohibition. It was a temporary stop or stay on landlords being able to evict tenants who were unable to pay their rent. The government said because of this unprecedented occurrence, we are not going to allow you to just randomly and autonomously evict tenants. OK, that's ending while everything is opening up. Doesn't mean everyone's got their job back doesn't mean that those jobs are still available doesn't mean that they can really afford that rent so they're saying there are going to be about 4 million people that may be evicted in the next quarter or so between you know July and September October okay what are we going to do people is that what's coming is that why people are nervous out there? I just want to know. Like, I, I, I really want people to email me at whoseworldisthis21 at gmail.com because I'm curious because I'm feeling it in the air. I really want to know what's next. I'm enthusiastic. You know, people, the, my uh, immediate family are enthusiastic about the, the future. But I'm also looking at you know, things in its totality. And I'm wondering, is the reason for this trepidation that's occurring, the reason for the, you know, this measured enthusiasm or this caution about the future, is it because of things like the moratorium being lifted? I think at the end of the year, maybe September, October, um, the government is going to allow, uh, I think the, uh, the deferments on our college loans I think um, they're going to be lifted, and I think we're going to have to, uh, a lot of us out there who have college loans, we're going to have to start paying those back. So what happens if you couldn't pay your rent? How are you going to pay off these college loans too? I'm going to ask a question. Were these mass shutdowns a big, giant mistake? Was it an overreach was it an overstep? You know, usually I don't get entirely too political on this, even though there's there's many political undertones to this show, uh, to this programming that we're doing.
But um, is it going to do more harm in the long run to where we are right now? Is if the people, the student loan cancellation conversation that we're having right now is, 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 is pretty much a non-starter with our new president. Many people believe that $50,000 worth of student loans of each person should be canceled, and that would help uh, uh, erase about 93% of the student loan debt in the United States. We have $1 trillion worth of student loan debt in the United States. And if you just canceled each person out there, there are 50,000 out of that, that that would eradicate 93%. And some people are saying, do it. Because we don't have an infrastructure in place that can actually create the kind of jobs and the kind of salaries that are going to allow these men and women out there that have graduated college with this exorbitant amount of debt when we don't have the salaries to allow them to pay rent and pay a college loan. They can't do both. So then... The question is, which one is more important? Them paying rent? The, uh, the, the, these graduates buying homes? Buying cars? Paying their rent? Eating at restaurants? Or those college loans? Because they're going to spend that 50000 somewhere. The 50000 that you cancel on the student loans, they're going to put that on a house. The 50000 that you cancel on the student loans, they're going to borrow, buy a car, you know, uh, start a business with it. They're going to borrow that money anyway. We are a borrowing culture. We're not a liquid culture. We're a borrowing culture. We don't have the cash. So if I were in office, I'd cancel it until I can create an infrastructure that actually can sustain this because the more debt you saddle on someone's back, the less credit that they can get to borrow for other things. We want them to buy a home. You know what happens when you buy a house or you or you or you rent or buy a condo, or you borrow from the bank to borrow to buy a condo or a home. Guess what you have to do now? You got to furnish it. <laughs> you have multiple rooms. And guess what you have to do now? You have to go and buy furniture. You have to buy carpet. You have to buy televisions. You have to buy floors. You have to buy window treatments. Buy shelving. You have to go to your local Home Depot or Lowe's and yeah, buy tools. You have a garage. Hey, more room to put stuff in. Whoa. You got to put a car in that garage. Then you put stuff in the garage next to the car. You have guest rooms that never get used. The guests never come visit. They visit twice a year, but you bought a two bedroom and you only really needed a one bedroom. Oh, what are you going to do? I'm going to turn that into a little office. You know, oh, Great. You have a bed in there. You have a desk. You have televisions. You have an extra TV that never gets turned on. Awesome. You have paintings on the wall. You have a kitchen. Ooh, pots, pans, blenders, juicers, toaster ovens. This is awesome. That's what happens when people buy homes. That's what happens when people buy things. You get a car. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to put gas in the car. You have to insure the car. You got to get maintain the car. You got to take road trips in the car. That's what you do, right? You have to buy tires, right? You have to get it repaired. You, you take it to the oil, to get oil changes, 
ticket to the repair shop while it's under warranty or not. These are the things that occur when people have borrowing power and spending power. So when, I, when I'm asking you guys out there what's coming, I'm asking, what do you guys think about this? Because um, I find that it's a blind spot with a lot of uh, people in power. Obviously, they have their reasons why they would love to keep us indebted. There's an old saying that debt is slavery. And to a, to, to a great degree, I do agree with that. And I'm looking around to a lot of my at a lot of my friends who studied in the humanities, me being one of them. I, I have a liberal arts degree and a liberal arts degree pretty much qualifies you to be a barista at Starbucks. But I enjoyed my liberal arts degree. I went to school to learn. I went to school to. Well, yeah, that's what I went. To. I went to, to learn how to to um, uh, articulate all the things that I knew in 12, 13, 14, 15 pages. I was always a good writer. I was a, a good speaker. I was a, a good thinker. Going to school solidified all the things that I thought I was, and it made me better. Because it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. It's not what you know, it's what you can articulate. It's not what you know, it's what you can flesh out and draw conclusions from. And so I did that. I did that all throughout my college career and I enjoyed it and I enjoyed uh, the dialogues with the professors and I enjoyed on the, you know, uh, most times being able to challenge them and win a challenge, not just for the win, but if we're going to be intellectuals, be, be able to uh, stand corrected. It's one of the things about intelligence, you, you have to be okay with being wrong and be okay with that and be excited about the prospect that you stand corrected and now you have new information, a new way of looking at things that you didn't have before, a new perspective. And I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed that. And so, but my liberal arts degree, I graduated from St. John's University, honor, La Role, all of that, traveled all over the world studying, great, awesome, great. But, but um, because it's not in the technologies and it's not in sales, it's not in STEM, and it wasn't in business, you know, I came out of school and, you know, I'm not going to say jobs were few and far in between. I'm not an employee. I'm more of an entrepreneur. So I wasn't, I wasn't concerned with that. I knew that going in. But a lot of people don't know that going into school. Because I'm an entrepreneur by nature, I always find a way to make money. I can add value because I am a salesperson to a certain degree. I know how to close. I know sales techniques. I, you can put me in various industries and I know how to adapt. I went to school to have to, to learn just to be a, a better thinker as far as I was concerned. That's why I chose the liberal arts. I chose to study philosophy and theology and things like that. And I chose to study in Rome and do those things. But for most people, they're going to college to go get a job. And for a lot of people studying the humanities, even if you're going to school to become a teacher, in America, teaching doesn't pay. It doesn't pay. You're going to spend sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year to become a, a teacher, and it's not going to pay. It's not going to pay you what you need. You know, to, uh, Safety being a premium in most neighborhoods, you're going to pay just to be in a safe neighborhood. You're going to live someplace. It's going to cost way more than it's actually worth, and most of your salary is going to go to your, your rent your housing costs, 
Americans spend more on housing than most, you know, than 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 most people on the planet. We spend a lot of money on just rent. What do you have left over for investments, for saving, for rainy days and things of that nature? And then for these loans that you have to pay off. Why school so expensive? That's another hustle, but we'll talk about that another time. I just want to know what's coming. Forget about what's coming in the next six years or six decades. What's going to happen to us in the next six months? Right? What's happening when I think about these things? Because I would like if people have a problem with how things are being handled, we're going to have to do a better job at articulating it, articulating it to each other and to the people that are in power. I feel as if we've all been <sighs> on this same boat where everything has been to vaccinate, to jab or not to jab. That is the question. It's been either to Trump or not to Trump. That is the question. And those questions are minute in comparison to a lot of other things that are going on. Because we have evictions, uh, a student loan system that was already in disarray long before 2020 or any events that occurred in 2020. So many things are, are not right. And let's say certain events in 2020 exacerbated what already existed. But we spend so much time worrying about are we jabbing, are we not? We, 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 we politicized that to the, to, the degree, to the degree that it is, that it's, it's now a, a become a weapon of mass distraction in its own right. And we've allowed this country to be, uh, I want to say, I don't want to say taken hostage, but when you can hold businesses hostage the way our government did, it gives me great pause and angst personally to know that the freedom to be an entrepreneur and open up my business and be prudent and, 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 not, and, and, and be a reasonable person and not have the government be reasonable with me as a business person in a country that is as business friendly as any place on the planet. This is an entrepreneur's heaven. Okay, this is a capitalist's paradise. <laughs> and in a capitalist's paradise, you expect businesses uh, to win and to be able to, um, whether you like that or not, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm an advocate of it or not. I'm saying this is the reality. We're in a capitalist paradise. And to see how heavy-handed uh, our government was during all of this and leaving the carnage behind i don't know if you guys know but there's going to be there's carnage you do you see the crime rates in many of our um, more prosperous cities you know the places that people have been touting as economic bastions of economic prosperity places like atlanta georgia which has a 50 percent increase in homicides and thefts what in, in, and that's in the affluent areas. I'm not going to mention these areas by name because I don't want to you know, disparage them and you know, whatever, but it is what it is. New York City, where I'm from, whoa, 
It's on fire. I speak to my family several times a week in New York, and they live in good neighborhoods, reasonable neighborhoods. And there's a lot of behaviors right now that have increased the murders, the homicides, the aggravated assaults, the thefts, gang violence, things of that nature. Extremely dysfunctional behavior has increased in this country. That's why I want to ask what's coming. I don't want to be a Donnie Downer. I'm just saying that this, this is probably the reason. I'm unpacking this with you. This is probably the reason why a lot of people have what, what, I'm, what I feel is a, a, a cautious, sort of a cautious, measured enthusiasm about the future. And many people don't want to go back into the office. We're hearing also about not only are we going to have a mass eviction, but we're also having what's considered the great resignation uh, this, this summer and fall. Many people do not want to go back to an office. They are, they are enjoying their home. They're able to work and do laundry. They're able to vacuum. They're able to hang out in their home. They're able to take a walk around their home, their neighborhood, maybe even take 25 minutes and go to the gym. They're able to do all of these things that they were not able to do before when they were stuck in an office from nine to five. Mind you, you also had to commute to this office. Okay, so your job doesn't start when you get there. Your job starts when you start commuting. Right to the job. So if whether your commute is how it used to be for me when I lived in Queens, New York, and it was an hour plus because I lived in what was considered a two fare zone. I had to take a bus to a train to get into Manhattan. Ah, <sighs> Those days. Okay, so my job didn't start at eight. My job started at six thirty. Getting trying to get to the job at seven forty five to seven fifty to be ten minutes, fifteen minutes early. That's when my job started at six, six and some change, waking up, making sure I was groomed and ready to go. So that's work too. These jobs take up so much of our time that we don't have time for anything else. That's why you better do what you love because you're going to be doing that job for a long time, for a big, large chunk of your life, of your day, of your week, of your month, of your year, of your decade, of your life. So you better start doing what you're passionate about. And if it doesn't pay, you're going to have to adapt, live differently, get roommates, live in another country, try doing what you do in a third world country. You might live better. Who knows? But I'm just I'm just asking everyone out there what's coming before I go on all these different rants. What's coming? What's coming? What, what, what do you how are you looking at the world? Remember what we spoke about. From the first episode, how we look at the universe. OK, Albert Einstein, whether we live in a hostile or peaceful universe, that is the decision that each and every one of us are going to make. So for you right now, individually, it's June 23rd, 2021. What does the rest of the year feel like? What would you like June 23rd, 2022 to be like? Because it's going to be a lot more work than it's ever been for us to get the life that we want because things are different. So we may have to play by different rules and that's going to take work. It's going to take us adapting, implementing different mindsets, then new habits, forming new habits. It's like you live in a new place and now you have to find new different routes and where's the supermarket, where's the this, how do I get there, how long does it take? 
the learning curve. We have to implement network. We may have to implement new habits and mindsets to deal with what's going to happen next. We are still, and I realize this, we are still in unprecedented times. Still. So what does that mean to each and every one of us out there? Or if you're on the verge of eviction, where are you going to go? What are your options? If these college loans, if the uh, deferment, uh, if the, obviously the loan cancellation is not going to happen and loan forgivenesses are not going to happen. But what happens when all of a sudden now the, the college student loan people come a calling, emailing and calling ring, ring, ring on your phone? What do we say? I want every one of us out there to be prepared. I want us to exchange information about the things that are going on, about uh, places that can protect you still if you're a tenant, a vulnerable ten tenant, a, a, a vulnerable uh, student or, or graduate who has a loan and you're still exposed. The marketplace has you exposed and vulnerable because you haven't found, found gainful employment. You, you may be employed, but you're employed at maybe a single digit hourly wage or low digit hourly wage, uh, low uh, uh, double digits. And it's not enough to uh, pay off your loan and pay off, ex pay off your, your life expenses, your day to day, and to service your loan at the same time. This is important stuff, you know. Um, I'd like to know what you guys think about that. I want you guys to email me at whose world is this two one at gmail.com so we can have an ongoing discussion. I'm going to upload this episode as ASAP because I have so many new episodes. I've been having so many different streams of thought because of things that I know that that are going on. And um, I want to discuss that with you guys. And I want you guys to know that you're not alone that many people will look to politicize these things. I just want answers. <laughs> you know, I don't have a political agenda that I'm trying to profess. I'm not running for anything. Uh, my advertisers or the little ones that I do have don't run me. I allow them, I, I'll speak on their behalf only because I use their products, but I noticed that even some of the people that I used to look to for information, I won't mention them by name, I noticed that because now they have big book deals or whatever the case may be, I don't know what their situations are, but I'm, I'm noticing that the information that they gave at one point, they're no longer giving it straight uh, and transparent. Lot, too many qualifiers to things that should just be said straight. And um, I think it does us out there a great disservice when people don't speak to us directly about the stark realities. We're all adults that listen to this show or going to be adults. And um, I think it's important that we're spoken to in a prudent manner, in a direct manner. I like direct speak, not the, the, the half the half speak hogwash that exists out there. So. I want you guys to still remain positive, the people that are out there, even with all the, the clouds <laughs> that I brought and the thunder that I brought 
to this conversation. Um, we're going to need new skills. That sounds very general, but it's not. We have to adapt to these new normals that exist. The same way we adapted to masks and now we're without masks. The same way that we're adapting now to working at home as opposed to commuting. And then some of us were going to, are going to have to go back into offices. Um, the people that are working in the humanities and things of that nature, I'm going to implore a lot of you. I'm going to implore and encourage a lot of people that are studying in the liberal arts now to open up your horizons to maybe um, doing some traveling, um, li living more communally with others. Maybe don't be so quick to want to get that one two bedroom apartment all for yourself maybe time to think in groups time to think collectively if you maybe you you want to travel for a year or two overseas and maybe collectively communicate with people in other countries that want to do the same thing if you're teaching if you're working in some other fields and maybe some um, philanthropic fields think about that or if you're someone who can work remotely and maybe you work in marketing or you work in uh in, in, in technology in some some way shape or form it's time to communicate with people that may be uh, thinking the way you are thinking nomadically change maybe your expectations right because maybe the world that you want may not exist or you may not be able to sustain and afford it so you may need to pivot and change the way you're looking at your world the world that you want change it a little bit don't be so rigid be fluid be the water don't be the container you know and just start to look at things a little differently i mean that's the way to i feel to diminish decrease the angst and i think that's maybe why i don't feel the same angst as others regardless of whatever financial insecurities i may or may not have i I, I say, hey, I can pick up and make bread. I can I can go someplace. I can do this. I can do that. I don't my my angst doesn't last long. If I ever do have any, it doesn't last that long because I I search within myself and I, I know that I'm an adaptable creature. I'm adaptive by nature. And if whether I'm in in Guam or Hawaii or Vietnam or Italy or wherever you put me, if I go, OK, I'm leaving here, I'm going to zambia i'll go i'll go and go okay this isn't working out for me here I'm, I'm i'm pivoting do it i'm encouraging people to 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 gain the kind of courage and the kind of strength to change you know strength strength is not in rigidity oftentimes it's it's, it's in the ability to realize that one thing isn't working and opening up your 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 mind to other ways of doing things that may be more productive for you it may produce more positive results so um thank you guys for tuning in to my <laughs> diatribe um absolutely like i said before check out our products onelavi.com check out chaveshouse.com and definitely drop me an email a note say hello i'd love to hear from you guys and uh until we meet again